The BYU football program got another big commitment on Monday in the form of Danny Sa'ili. Who is he and why is he such a big deal for BYU, especially when it comes to the defensive side of the football? Well, I can just say this. Jay Hill and his crew, they're doing work in recruiting. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. By way of introduction, for any of you maybe checking us out for the very first time, or for those of you who are longtime listeners, uh, we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports, particular focus on BYU football and basketball, but indeed, we cover it all. And a big thank you all of the same uh, for your continued uh, support of the podcast. Let's waste no time and dive right in on today's show, and that is big news for BYU on the defensive front. And I mean big in a quite literal sense, as BYU has garnered the commitment of Danny Saili, uh, Danny Saili, excuse me, at a Hutchinson Community College in Kansas. Originally a Kansas high school product from Topeka High School in Topeka, Kansas. This is a kid uh, who was committed to Texas Tech. And uh, very, very, I think, big a pickup for BYU, simply put, because of his size and his ability on the interior of the defensive line. Now, Saeli was committed uh, to Texas Tech, and BYU's history as a recruiting uh, uh, program has been very rarely do they go out and flip guys, especially guys from uh, now fellow Power 5 football programs. Before BYU was in the Power 5, it was just near impossible for BYU to pull off a a flip of this magnitude, but they did just that. Sa'ili is committed to BYU, and uh, I think this is going to help BYU immensely, simply put, because of his ability to help plug a major hole in the middle of BYU's defensive line. Let's read uh, what he had to say about his commitment. He said, quote, I have flipped my commitment to BYU, he said on X, formerly known as Twitter. I was not promised a car, any money, but a chance to grow as a football player and as a member of of the LDS Church exclamation point. So, uh, six foot two, and here's the here's the kicker: between 355 and 389 pounds, depending on which uh, roster you happen to look at online. I I, I would venture to say uh, he's probably closer to the 360 range, uh, just with my eyeballs, because I randomly actually saw him at the Marriott Center on Saturday night. There were a number of BYU prospects in attendance, obviously on their official visits. Saeli was among them, and I just saw this mountain of a man walking down the hall. Oh, wait, and I'm like, dude, that is a big football player. And I, I, the reason I knew it was a football player is because he was other, with other BYU current uh, members of the football program. But I saw this kid, this guy, and I'm like, man, he is a gigantic human being. Well, that would be the one, the only, Danny Saeli. And uh, he is going to come in, and I would imagine, push for playing time, if not a starting job for BYU from day one. Uh, as a junior college transfer, it's expected that he will enroll at BYU in January, uh, coming up here in just a couple of weeks' time. And we'll go through winter workouts, spring ball, and obviously have a chance to work out throughout the summer and then hit training camp, potentially as BYU's number one uh, defensive tackle going into the 2020. 
2024 football season. He's got that type of ability, folks. Uh, he's an absolute space eater for a human being. Like I said, when you weigh, uh, be, like I said, the, the list between 350 and 390 pounds, yeah, you, you're an absolute load. But his weight that I'm talking about belies the fact that this is a guy who is much more nimble than you would expect a guy who uh, tips the bills at more uh, tips more than 350 bills. But I'm very, very impressed with what I saw from him on film. Uh, for the season this past year for Hutchinson Community College, he ended up uh, t- totaling uh, 21 total tackles on the year. Uh, tackles per game, an average of two per game, but more importantly, had four sacks on the season. As a guy who's a 6'2", like I said, 350 plus, you really like to see a guy who can get in the backfield and make plays. So I'm very intrigued by this pickup, and obviously you combine that with uh, the pickups that BYU gotten of late along that defensive front, and obviously some of the returning guys, especially the guys like Tyler Batty and Isaiah Banyan. BYU is doing some very, very impressive things when it comes uh, to their recruiting on the defensive side of the football. Now, obviously, it's going to have some people uh, wandering, uh, wondering excuse me, what the situation is for BYU offensively. Where are the offensive commitments for BYU? Well, I think those still have time to come. And we'll talk a little bit more about some of the skill positions that I, a number of you have asked me about on our, uh, our subtext community, as well as a couple of you, I think, also weighing in on our YouTube comments that we'll get to about why is BYU not doing as much work or getting as much success in the offensive realm when it comes to the transfer portal and recruiting as the defensive side of the football is having right now? And let me just say this. I, think, I don't think we can discount how much a guy like Saili does for BYU because he comes to BYU expecting to play right away, expecting to have an impact for the BYU football program. And with the number of guys leaving the program via the defensive line, mainly due to graduation and or jumping to the NFL, you needed a guy like... Saili to come in and solidify the middle of BYU's defensive line. So, I, like I said, I, I cannot uh, express enough how important it was to get a guy like that to come into your football program and have him uh, potentially go out there and show what he's capable of doing because he has all the ability to come in and be an impact guy right away. Uh, he, along with two, uh, Luke uh, To'o Malatai, I've been practicing that name, who we talked about yesterday on the podcast, who tips the, uh, tips the scales at 300 pounds at a Long Beach Community College. These are two guys that as junior college guys you're not bringing them in with the whole thought hey they're going to take a couple years to develop they can't take that long they have played two years of college football already albeit at the junior college level they've got to come in and be at least contributors if not starters for BYU from day one so I really like kind of the philosophy BYU's taken I think a lot of it is if you're going after junior college guys you see as a stopgap measure to really help bolster yourself for essentially a two-year run here and then the hope is that you'll be able to get some high school guys guys into the program. I'm thinking of a guy like Dallin Johnson in this particular recruiting class, a defensive lineman at a Springville High School. If he's uh, able to pan out the way that most people expect him to, he's going to have the opportunity to develop uh, over the next two years and then supplant uh, these guys who are these junior college transfers as BYU starting defensive tackle, one of them, in this defense. So it's setting up in a positive fashion for BYU here. And like I said, I know that the defense has had the run of success of late in the recruiting sphere. And do not discount what Jay Hill and his defensive coaches are doing. Sione Apua, uh, Kelly Papinga, Justin Enna, uh, and also... um, uh, 
uh, Gennaro Guilford, do not discount the work that they are doing out there at the high school, junior college, and the transfer portal ranks. They're doing a yeoman's work to try and, and find any and all options to bolster this defense. We all know the defense needs a major upgrade. We had 11 sacks, I believe it was dead last, in all of college football a season ago. You need to have a boost on that defensive line. Obviously, that's going to require guys like Tyler Batty and Isaiah Banya to produce from the defensive end positions, but having guys who make a push in the middle, because Luke Tomalatai had eight and a half sacks at the junior college level this past year, and I already mentioned uh, that uh, Saili had five, uh, excuse me, four sacks this year from the from his defensive tackle spots. If they can replicate any type of pressure from the middle of BYU's defensive line, that would go a long way to helping BYU's defensive line be a lot more effective than it was this year, and that would absolutely boost BYU's chances, especially on defense, going into the 2024 season. So, a uh, really, really nice pickup. I think Saili is exactly what the doctor ordered for BYU to use that expression, and I think that he'll be a welcome addition for BYU along the interior of that defensive line. And I would fully expect that come game one, as I believe Southern Illinois, uh, August 31, would not surprise me to see uh, Saili as well as uh, Luke Toomalatai uh, potentially starting for BYU defensive tackle. They both have that type of ability and that type of um I guess expectations being heaped upon them at this point. And even if some clown Utah fans want to jump into the mentions of a guy like Saili and uh, try and call him out for stuff, you know what? Don't do that. Don't tweet at recruits anything other than congratulations and welcome to the football program. Don't go and make yourself a clown on the internet. I'm saying that to BYU fans. And I'm also saying that to any Utah fan or any other fan who may be listening to this podcast. It's just not a good look. And these are young men living a dream. Don't ruin it. Don't make yourself out to be this keyboard warrior and just it's a really, really bad look. And any who any of you who saw uh, Saeli's post on Twitter know exactly what went down. And I just that kind of it, it ground my gears because that dude from Utah, he's an absolute clown show. And I just I, I, I won't stand for it. Don't do that stuff. Be, be supportive of the guys. Don't go out there and make yourself look like an absolute clown on the internet. All right, coming up here in just a minute, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about Gary Bohannon. Now, uh, a lot of you, when I, I talked about this yesterday, it's uh, kind of been floating around the BYU networks out there, whichever uh, recruiting service and or uh, message board, or uh, I know that Coo uh, Connect probably has some intel on them as well. Whoever you subscribe to, they've been talking about this guy. What does it exactly mean if BYU ultimately does land a guy like Gary Bohannon? We'll dig into that momentarily right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride-or-die vehicle alive, my friends. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride-or-die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or you get your money back because with eBay Motors, Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash, my friends. And with all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com right now. That's eligible items only. Exclusions apply and eBay guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hope you have a fantastic uh, Tuesday whenever you hear this. I uh, hope you guys are doing great. want to remind you guys that we have a brand new channel on YouTube if you are interested in this. It's the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, 365, covering the top stories of the day with the local experts of the Locked On uh, Podcast Network, plus our national shows that cover every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. 
right now. All right, so we've talked about Gary Bohannon yesterday on the podcast, and I, I let loose that BYU has interest in Gary, and obviously Gary has interest in BYU from what I understand. Now, that's that's all the intel I have. There are people out there saying that he is signing with BYU tomorrow. There are people saying he's already signed with the Cougars. I don't have the intel on that as of recording of this podcast. Let me be very upfront with you guys. I'm recording this podcast early Monday afternoon. I've got a family party to attend uh, later tonight. It's the holiday season, and I'm not going to have time to record it, my typical time before I have to uh, hit the sack for my morning uh, radio uh, slot uh, in the morning. So uh, as of recording of this podcast, Gary Bohannon is not signed with BYU, nor do I have the intel that it's a done deal and he's going to sign with the Cougars. That very well could be the case, and he could make that announcement Monday night Uh, By the time you listen to this podcast on Tuesday, it could happen tomorrow when the early signing window opens. I don't know uh, if and when that's going to go down. But in the conversations I've had with folks, uh, both fans and other people uh, who know Gary Bohannon and a little bit more about the situation involving Bohannon, there has been a theme that has popped up that why in the world does BYU want this guy? Of all the transfer portal guys out there, why Gary Bohannon? And uh, it's a great question, uh, frankly. Uh, I'll be upfront with you guys. It doesn't make a ton of sense to me the more I think about it. But let me try and make sense of one thing as I thought about it. It kind of just was uh, mulling it around in my head. I think there may be some thought from Aaron Roderick and the BYU Brain Trust that Gary Bohannon, A, has experience running the offense that BYU runs. He obviously played uh, for Jeff Grimes, and Jeff Grimes was the offensive coordinator at Baylor. They had that epic run in 2021 on their way uh, to winning the Big 12 title and playing in a, in a New Year's Six Bowl game, and obviously that was a phenomenal year. Now, that familiarity with the offense obviously is going to benefit a guy like Gary Bohannon should he decide to come to BYU and play in this offense. He's not going to be uh, that far behind other quarterbacks who have been in the system for years because he's played in that system. Now, the other thing about this is Gary Bohannon is a guy that I think BYU thinks, okay, it's it's like buying, a, to use a stock expression, you're buying a stock for pennies on the dollar. Think about what Gary Bohannon was once upon a time. He was a four-star prospect, uh, kind of uh, bowed his time at Baylor, and then had a chance to really break out in that 2021 season. He ended up with pretty pedestrian numbers, honestly, uh, 2,200 yards on the head, 18 touchdowns against seven interceptions, did have a healthy 62.9% uh, completion percentage, so obviously the Plus 60% completion percentage is a positive in and of itself. Only absorbed nine sacks that season and also contributed 323 rushing yards and nine touchdowns rushing while averaging 4.3 yards per carry. He actually had a very good rushing performance uh, during his limited time during 2022 uh, playing for USF. He ended up playing seven games for the Bulls. 56.9 completion percentage on that year. uh, 1,070 yards, six touchdowns against six interceptions, but it was vastly inferior in terms of uh, the the talent around him at USF versus what he played with at Baylor. So I've got this some thought that BYU, if they do decide that Gary Bohannon is the guy they're going to bring in, and I don't know that they have plans to bring him in as well as another player. I I don't have the intel on that. I would frankly advocate that BYU does bring another uh, transfer portal quarterback in, but the math may get a little uh, hairy with that because BYU already has five quarterbacks in that room. You had Gary Bohannon at six, if I'm not mistaken, and that's typically the most that most football programs will carry in college football. It's not out of the question to maybe bring a seventh in, but does somebody leave and exit to make room for another transfer portal quarterback? That's a great question, but that's not the point we're making here. Uh, the thought I have is that Gary Bohannon is a guy that BYU uh, knows, probably knows more about him than most people do because they know what Jeff Grimes did with him and they 
can ask Grimey about what to expect from him as a quarterback. And the other thing is they may be thinking, okay, he has obviously sat out the entire uh, this entire past season. He was injured seven games into his run with USF. Uh, had a shoulder injury that on his throwing shoulder that required season-ending surgery and essentially has been uh, kind of just sitting on the sideline ever since then. Is there some thought that BYU sitting there thinking, okay, this is a guy we can get for relative pennies on the dollar. He comes in, and if he is fully healthy, can he be a guy that really elevates our system and can get back to doing what he was doing in 2021 for Baylor? And uh, that's it's a major gamble. Let me be very clear about that. Uh, but this is kind of the thought process I have going through my mind. I, I don't know this for certain. I have not talked with anybody about, about him at BYU to this point, but... As I kind of mold it over, that's the thought I have. Is that BYU thinks essentially it's like a bargain bin pickup that potentially could be that low-risk, potential high-reward uh, type uh, performance for BYU. The other thing about this is, could he be coming in as a one-year rental? Because that's what he is. He's a graduate transfer who's got one season at BYU. Could he be coming in to tutor and push a guy like Jake Retzloff to elevate Jake, Jake Retzloff to the heights that BYU hopes that Retzloff can be as their starting quarterback? BYU is extremely... Extremely and was extremely high on Jake Retzloff's ability coming out of the junior college ranks. They thought he had the capability to be a multi-year starter for the Cougars, had everything panned out the way that they hoped it would. And that was essentially to have Keaton Slovis uh, play his one-year BYU, have whatever success he could muster, and obviously uh, right off into the NFL sunset, and then Jake Retzloff steps in. Well... Injury necessitated that necessitated that Jake Retzloff step in sooner than anticipated, and he does have four games under his belt. Let's also acknowledge that the final two games of his starts for BYU were near wins over nationally ranked opponents in both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. Can he uh, continue to improve this offseason and maybe get to the point where he's a much better player than BYU fans uh, believe he is right now? That is also the question. Could Gary Bohannon be coming in to essentially push Jake Retzloff to kind of take that next step and become the guy that BYU's coaches hoped he would be coming out of the junior college ranks? I'm saying all this to say this. It's a major gamble. I'm not in favor of Gary Bohannon. If he's the only guy BYU's going to add via the transfer portal, I would say, hey, Tell Gary, we'll, we'll take you, but we're going to look at other options before we ultimately uh, get married to you, to use that expression. Uh, I would say we're going to look at all these options because we're still continuing to see guys enter the portal. Chandler Morris from TCU entered the portal yesterday. We saw the number one overall recruit, Malachi Nelson, enter the transfer portal on Monday as well. Now, I, I would be hard-pressed to think that Malachi Nelson has anything to do with BYU because as the former number one overall recruit in the country, there's going to be no shortage no shortage of high-level offers, and I'm talking NIL offers, for him, they're going to be in the millions of dollars to potentially get him to sign with these football programs. And I just don't see BYU getting in the mix there. But there continue to be guys in the transfer portal that continue to pop up and will continue to pop up as bowl games wrap up, guys that have their exit meetings with their coaches and decide, you know what, maybe I need to look elsewhere. So the thing is, BYU doesn't have to completely... Uh, lock down what they're going to do right now because there's still a long ways to go in this transfer portal cycle. The transfer portal doesn't uh, doesn't close, excuse me, until early January. There's still weeks to go for BYU in that in that circumstance. And oh by the way, there's another whole another transfer portal cycle coming up in April and May. Now, I'd be very very reticent to say BYU waits until that spring portal period to bring in a quarterback. So, uh, maybe you kind of wait out this transfer portal cycle, see what ultimately pans out, see who has interest, and then if it is that Gary Bohannon ends up being the guy that BYU wants to go with, then at that point you say, "Okay, uh, let's just do it." Uh, I for one, like I said, 
I'm not all in favor of Gary Bohannon, but I'm trying to kind of give you guys a sense of what I think the thought process might be with him. Essentially, that he is a guy that BYU knows is a proven commodity, has led a Big 12 program to a Big 12 title. He did do that in 2021, and then has essentially been rehabbing the shoulder and uh, may have fallen off the radar for other teams, and BYU thinks, okay, maybe we get him in here, and he kind of gets back to doing what he was doing for Baylor in that 2021 season. The only concern is that's really the only season that he's at any uh, season of uh, significance, honestly. You said the three seasons before that uh, for Baylor had a grand total of, uh, let's see, 194 passing yards, two touchdowns, zero interceptions. Like the, the stats really only are that one season at Baylor. And that is that a flash in the pan? Or is that just kind of the, the preview of what could be if he decides to come to BYU and realizes his, his potential? But it, it just it, it feels like a major gamble and one that I would not myself be willing to gamble if I was in Aaron Roderick's shoes as BYU's offensive coordinator. But that's why Aaron's in the positions he, the position that he is in. He is the one there calling the shots. He knows that his job relies on the play of his quarterbacks and the rest of his offense as a whole. If he believes he's the guy, you're going to have to roll with it. And we'll see what ultimately pans out. But uh, that's why I am an armchair analyst uh, recording a podcast in my basement. Quite literally, I will say that. I, I record my podcast in my basement at my house. And I'm not the one in the hot seat, uh, so to say with Aaron Roderick actually sitting in that seat, uh, making those decisions and ultimately uh, calling the shots as BYU's offensive coordinator. All right, so uh, there you go. We'll see. I, I just it, it seems like a major gamble, and, it, man, it, we'll see if it pans out. If it, Like I said, if it, if it lives up to what BYU, I think, might be thinking they can do with it, great. But, like I said, it's not something that I would be willing to stake my reputation and potentially my job on. But, hey. Nonetheless, that's that's where things stand right now, and we will see if Gary Bohannon ends up being that guy uh, for the BYU football program. All right, coming up here in just a minute, let's talk about some of the other skill positions for BYU. What are they doing? What is the philosophy in the transfer portal for BYU at running back, at wide receiver, at tight end, etc. on offense? Are, are they just kind of spinning their wheels, not doing much? We'll talk more about that as we continue on right here on Locked on Cougars. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Perry Homes. Whether you're looking for your first home or ready to upgrade to your dream home, Perry Homes has a house for you, everybody. For 50 years, Perry Homes has been Utah's premier home builder with communities throughout the state. They have many communities, home designs, and price points all designed with you, the consumer, in mind. They want to meet your needs, uh, simply put. Uh, they have beautiful communities in Davis, Salt Lake, Tooele, and Utah counties. Also have multiple communities in Washington County near St. George as well. So no matter where you want to live in this great state in Utah, they've got options for you guys. They offer over 50 unique home designs from Ramblers to two stories to townhomes as well. They even have quick moving homes available if you're ready to make the move right away. So you can get on it today, my friends. And the best part is they're offering generous financing incentives through their preferred lender as well. So get started today and visit PerryHomesUtah.com to see what's new in Utah's finest neighborhoods. That's Perry, P-E-R-R-Y, PerryHomesUtah.com to learn more now. For 50 years, Utah has been coming home to Perry Homes. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Hope you have a fantastic day, my friends, out there. I uh, want to encourage you guys to sign up for the Subtext community if you've not done so already. A couple of you asked me, how do I go about signing up for Subtext? Let me just uh, say this. There's a link uh, in the show notes, whether you're listening to this on the podcast uh, feeds, whether it's on Apple or Spotify or a myriad of other uh, podcast providers out there, or if you're watching and or listening to this on YouTube, there's a link below in the show notes. All you got to do is either uh, copy and paste that link into your internet browser or click 
ticket and you'll go and sign up. Essentially what you do, you type in your phone number and then it essentially signs you up for the texting service. Essentially it's a way for you to communicate with myself and me to give you guys live updates via text that go directly to your phone. Think of it this way. It's a direct line of communication to me. If you have questions, comments, concerns, whatever you guys have, I'll see them instantaneously and vice versa. Anything I send out to you guys pops up in your phone in the form of a text and it's as simple as that. Uh, Links to each day's podcast, an update on a recruiting uh, profile of a guy, a commitment, all of that stuff. It's the way I'm going to be communicating with uh, most of our listeners. It's my goal is to build a community on that side of it. And the other thing about it is a financial component to it. It's a 14-day free trial to see if it's the right option for you. But at the same time, it is only $4.99 a month to have access to this. And that's money that obviously will go to helping upgrade this podcast. Uh, whether it be me traveling to Big 12 Media Days again next year. Uh, I did that last year all thanks to your guys' support. Uh, traveling to Kansas, similar circumstance this past season. Essentially, all that money Money is going to be coming back in, and I reinvested into the into the podcast. So it really would uh, be great if you guys would be willing to do it. I think we're somewhere around 50 subscribers right now and growing. Would love nothing more than for you guys to continue to be a part of the community. And like I said, if you have questions about it, email me lockedonbyu at gmail.com. Reach out via social media on X or, or Twitter, uh, Facebook, or Instagram, and I'll do my best to walk you through it. But essentially, it's like it's sent, you're just signing up for a, a text on your phone. A number of you have subscribed to text. I'm sure in the past and it's just it's another way to do that click the link it should be pretty self-explanatory but like I said if you have questions please reach out and I'll do my best uh, to answer them for you guys all right before we go on the show real quick a couple of you on uh, in subtext did say, Jake, BYU's defensive staff is absolutely killing it. And Jay Hill, yes, he's absolutely doing yeoman's work in the transfer portal, trying to bring in as much talent as possible for the BYU football program. The, the question a couple of you have had is, what in the world is BYU doing on offense? Uh, if Gary Bohannon is the option at quarterback, well, who are they going to have around him? Who's going to play running back? Because Aiden Robbins leaving the football program, that leaves LJ Martin and who else? Are you relying on a guy coming back off a knee injury? And Hinkley Ropati, are you expecting that Miles Davis can avoid injury for an entire year in his own right, which apparently he did this past year, but he was buried on the depth chart. Uh, how much can he really contribute? Does BYU need to add some more wide receivers potentially? There are so many question marks here, and even at tight end and offensive line, there are uh, more, I guess, minor questions as well. Let me just uh, say this. I think that BYU is being a little more uh, circumspect about who they bring in and add to this offense. I think they added a number of bodies last year, and the the formula, I guess to use that, uh, didn't work out. You brought in a number of guys trying to integrate them into the system and did it really ever gel until the final two games of the season? Not really. And when you've listened to Connor Pay, he said that we gelled uh, finally at the end of this year against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State because our backs were against the wall. That's really what forced people to really kind of buckle down and focus. You need to be very careful, I think, in BYU circumstance, like I said, adding too many guys uh, to the mix where it maybe upsets the, the I guess, what am I trying to say, the chemistry or the overall uh, flow of how this football program is going to work. If you're watching this on YouTube, I've got something stuck in my eye here. That's always good. But nonetheless, uh, uh, I think that BYU is trying to find the right mix of guys. Does that mean they're going to bring wholesale uh, changes on the offensive line, the tight end position at, at running back? No, I don't think so. But I think BYU is doing as good a job as they can to evaluate guys. And let's also remember one thing. The transfer portal cycle does not end really until May. Remember last year, when Akeelan Marion ultimately joined BYU as well as Darius Lasser, I think both of them uh, were guys that came in during the spring portal period. So 
there is going to be talent out there for BYU to look at, evaluate, recruit, and add. And those could come at any point over the next, well, we're in uh, December. May's five months away. So there is still plenty of time for BYU to go out and find guys in the transfer portal. The other thing about this is, in the recruiting cycle right now, yes, the early signing window is tomorrow. There's going to be a number of guys who are going to sign with BYU, and the Cougs are excited to have them. We'll talk about those guys on tomorrow's podcast with a little bit of a primer uh, to talk about guys that have signed with BYU who are expi- expected to sign and enroll right away for the Cougars. But there's still essentially two months, uh, more like a month and a half, for BYU leading up to the National Signing Day in early February to even go out and attract more talent that route, whether it's the JUCO ranks, more high school athletes, or the like. BYU can continue to do work in that uh, in that uh, cycle, and they have time to do it. I, I think we get too uh, kind of myopic of a view on, wow, we got to get things done right now. And yes, it would be great to have BYU go out and find the right guys and have them locked in right away and be able to get them into the program in, uh, uh, in January and let them go through spring camp and all that stuff. I, I get all that. But let's just let's pull the reins back just a touch and understand that there is still plenty of time for BYU to continue to evaluate and add talent. And it doesn't have to all be done by tomorrow. They can still continue to add guys uh, whenever those guys are ready to go. And if they're the like I said, if they're the right fit for BYU. Uh, that may ultimately yield better results simply due to the fact that they fit in a little bit better with BYU versus, I think, what happened last year where things just really did not gel overall for BYU. All right. Uh, that's what I got for you guys on this Tuesday edition of the podcast. So uh, thank you, as always, for your support of the podcast. Cannot thank you guys enough uh, for joining us every single day and uh, being a part of the community. Your comments, your uh, concerns, your questions, all of them are, are much appreciated. Uh, coming up later this week, we'll do a mailbag edition of the podcast. I obviously gonna get, I'm going to give priority uh, to folks who are already part of the subtext community on those questions. But if you want to submit them via social media, if we fi- uh, find ourselves with extra uh, questions that we need, we'll fill those as well and we'll get to that later this week and obviously tomorrow we'll talk more about the early signing window. How many guys BYU is expecting to enroll right, right away meaning enroll in January for winter semester and be a part of the football program right away. How many guys are mission bound and the like. We'll break all that down on a Wednesday edition of the podcast. It's signing day folks. It's an exciting time of the year and that it, it really is. The, recruiting is the lifeblood of any college football program and uh, for a program like BYU trying to bounce back from a losing season you want nothing more than to see an upgrade talent and we'll break that down tomorrow and see if exactly what they have coming in and what you can expect as a Cougar fan uh, looking forward to 2024 and beyond. So until then, uh, thank you once again for your support of the podcast. Thank you for making it your first listen and obviously for being everydayers with us right here on the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.